Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Below the Surface. I'm your host, Caroline Mason, and today we're going to be talking to one of my favorite humans as of late, Margaret Reed. She is actually adopted from Uganda, Africa, and she's going to be sharing her story and talking about what it's just been like as a young black woman in America, especially coming from an entirely different culture and and growing up there and then coming to America later on in life. She has a fascinating perspective and a beautiful way of articulating her experiences and her thoughts and opinions, and I think that y'all are really going to enjoy it. She has a lot of great things to say. There's a lot to learn, and um, I'm pretty convinced that after this episode, everyone will want to be friends with her because she's just so cool. And with all that being said, here here is Margaret Reed. Hey, Margaret. Hey, Caroline. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I me wish. Too. Okay, sometimes I record with people and I'm like, I wish that I could do it. I had a video of it because you're such a... Uh, so, she's so beautiful and like her smile is like ah and I just think that if everyone could see her it'd be great but no what she has to say is enough um so Margaret is somebody that I met through well okay how am I gonna say this my friend she's the cousin of my friend and we met and um she just has like this really bubbly and like personality and really beautiful smile and she's just so kind and everything and so I wanted to talk to her um, I wanted to talk to you. And, um, and so obviously like, I don't, I usually share my opinion about everything. And I was telling you this before, I don't really have anything to offer up on this subject, like any personal experience. So today I really just want you to be able to tell your story and like tell anything you want, however you want. And I'm going to do like, I'm not going to try not to jump in. I have a couple questions, but besides that, I just want you to do, do your thing. So, um, (laughs) But yeah, so you were adopted. So if you yes. want to talk about when you were adopted, how old you were, all that stuff. Okay. So I was adopted from Uganda, Africa when I was eight years old. And in Africa, my mom, who's my mom now, came and I met her at this event. And it was at a person's house who I kind of knew, but not so sure. And um, I was very intrigued by her. Honestly, I don't know what it was. I feel like something was pulling me towards her. And um, she said for me to come over to her. And I went. And we um, talked. And I just felt very comfortable with her. She's a new person, a stranger. But um, I feel like I already knew her. I ha- I've, I've known her my whole life. And um, we started going on dates. And by probably the second date, she asked me, if um <laughs> if she if she, wants, if, if, she, she wanted, wanted if she could be your mom if yeah <laughs> if she could be my mom yes. <laughs> and um i said yes it was a natural incline for me and um I was very excited and so that's when the adoption started how so she was she was there to adopt did she know she was gonna adopt you or she was just coming to actually no she was going to adopt somebody another girl but her parents who had already said that the other girl could be adopted said when she got there they said no and so then um she was staying at this place and then met me and she knew 
she she says that when she first saw me, um, I had the eyes of Jesus. Oh my god! And <laughs> I could cry right here on the spot. That's so beautiful. And um, that's exactly how I felt about her. Also, she has blue eyes, which I had never seen before. Oh wow! Because in Africa, it's it's African people all around. We yeah. we have black, we have brown skin and brown eyes. There's some who have kind of hazel eyes, but not a lot. So with her, she had blue eyes and she had white skin. That's what I was gonna say. Had you yeah. ever seen someone with white? No, skin? and her hair was blonde. And with us, our hair is black. So and her crazy. hair was straight, and our hair is curly. So everything about her. Do I look like your mom? <laughs> you're oh my just, god! You're naming me. Yeah. <laughs> process taken until you went you ended up going back to the um, United States so she actually went home after no that would not make sense she went home <laughs> she went home before me because she stayed there longer than she had meant to and um there was also things happening back at home and she needed to be there with my older siblings and um I came later with somebody who was with her who had helped her through the whole adoption and um, I met her at the airport later, so I think I came two weeks after her. Okay, that's pretty soon. Yeah. So how long have you been here? Um, so I came here when I was eight, and I'm 16 now. So did you know your biological parents? My parents died when I was one. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't know them, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So do you rem- like? Do you look back on living in Uganda like fondly? Um. Yes and no. <laughs> yes, it comes in waves. Sometimes just some things remind me of it. Um, just some memories come. Like, we have red dirt roads, and that's, like, a fun memory. Like, that's the that's the thing that I miss the most about Africa. I know it's weird because it's, like, a dirt road. But um, the dirt road... It sounds, like, really pure. Yes. And here we don't have dirt roads except for construction. Mm-hmm. And You don't get to oh, run on them. Yes. See, reminder. <laughs> we were driving, we were driving, like, past Lydell where they're, they're doing the road construction, and there's the red dirt, and that reminded me of Africa. But for us, it's not like a pile, it's just a road. Mm-hmm. And so, for, I think that's so fun because I also love rain. And when it rained, you could smell it. And, like, it was so really good. Like, I know that's <laughs> weird, but it did. And so, that that always brings me joy. Um, and then there's bad memories, but I don't know if we want to talk about those. <laughs> you don't have to talk about Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, definitely not. Um, but I was wondering, so, I know there's a lot of talk recently about, well, interracial adoption in general but especially Mm -hmm. like out of the country adoption because a lot of people are like just adopt within the country since there's so many orphans in the united states but obviously you were adopted from out like outside of the country so like what are your thoughts on that um i think personally that people all over the world need it like not need it for me it wasn't it wasn't this white saver thing she did not save me Mm -hmm. For us, it's a blessing because I'm with my family, and um, it's is for us. It's fulfilling God's plan for me and my purpose, and so it depends on the person. And I feel like there's people everywhere who need a family, mm-hmm. and not just people wherever you are. Yeah. While that is true, you want to help people who are with your country, nationalism, and all. 
learning about that. <laughs> ah, yes. Good old nationalism. <laughs> but there's people all around the world that need help, and we don't just have to focus on one mm-hmm. particular part. Yeah, and I also think there's a difference between adopting someone from a different country just to adopt from a different country, like, yeah. and then, which I hope no one does, but then, and also just feeling called to adopt from another country. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like you and your mom meeting was, like, this perfect, like, meant-to-be thing. Yes. So it's, like thank god that she went you know and Mm -hmm. so that's really beautiful okay I don't want to ask like too much about your brother's experience because it's obviously his experience but since y'all were both adopted did y'all like kind of like how old was he when he was adopted was he he was four so did y'all have different experiences with that or like do you talk about it a lot or not really um, we, we don't talk about it a lot. My brother doesn't really like to talk about it, and that happens a lot when people are adopted. Yeah, yeah. They just don't, they just don't want to talk about it. While for me, I'm such an older age that mm-hmm. I feel like it's so easy for me to talk about it, and... <laughs> also, eight. eight years of your life. Like, that's yeah. a big part of your life, whereas four years, it's like, that's mm-hmm. not as big of a um, period of time to not want to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, something that my brother and I do bond about, kind of adoption-like, is that um, with my other siblings, I'm I'm the youngest out of five. And so the three were birthed, and then Michael and I were adopted. And we always joke about how Michael and I are the better kids, because we are. Everybody knows it. We, we listen, first of all, and we help a lot, and we have good grades. I was going to say, everything. are you better students? Yes. Because I feel like you're a good student, mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask. So this this year, um, with everything that started happening with, like, the protests and stuff like that, have a lot of people ask you questions, like, all of a sudden or, like, about your adoption, about being black or not really? Not really. Oh. I know. But do you wish people did? I, or do you, are you, would you rather them not? I wish that my friends were more, um, they wanted to learn more mm-hmm. about it because as... I, I have to, like, not take things personally when it comes to them just because, like, as, since I'm really, like, their only black friend, I'm the only black person that they have a true connection to, and I wish that because of that, that they would take that into consideration, like, try to educate themselves mm-hmm. or try to ask me questions or just try to do something, and because, but they don't do that, so mm-hmm. it's just... Do you feel like since you're... You you live in Mandeville, huh? Mm-hmm. So it's obviously like a predominantly white suburb area or whatever. Do you yeah. feel like sometimes you you have to be the spokesperson for black people? Like you just said, like you're the only black person that your friends are close with. So yeah. do you feel like that sometimes, or do you just kind of like not even think about it? Um, I pressure doesn't really like come on to me a lot. It's more of the fact that like when my when my friends say ignorant things is when I feel the pressure that I should say something. Because if I don't say anything, then they don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I was listening to this podcast and someone was saying something about how, like, you shouldn't have to be in proximity to someone who looks different than, like, from you to want to learn about that, right? Yeah. So, like, and then also that shouldn't, being friends with someone who's black or being friends with someone who's Asian with all this hate that's going towards Asian Americans right now like that isn't the work that person isn't the work they're just a person and you should want to do the work just because you want to be a better person and then that'll help you understand them better but being friends with someone isn't you know how sometimes people are like well I have a black friend I'm an Asian or whatever it's like well that's not that doesn't mean anything (laughs) if you don't want to know or Mm -hmm. if you don't want to learn I 
asked you to like do this podcast. See, the fact that you asked me shows me that you care enough to do that. Like, <sighs> I don't want to talk about political views at all, but go ahead. I okay. mean, you don't have to, but you feel yeah. free. A lot of my friends are va- are conservative Christians, and with that, they go against Black Lives Matter. And not against, but they're not going to say it. Like, when right. when George Floyd thing came out, um, one of my, f- two of my friends said, all lives matter. And it's like, I could not believe that somebody, like, had the audacity to say that. But at the same time, it's like, I, it feels like I can't get mad because they don't know any better. But yeah. it should not be But they like should that. know better. They're in it's, high school yes. now. Like, know better and do better. And it's like, like how 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 can you think like this? Like, mm-hmm. right, a man just got killed. They also try to justify it by saying he was going to die anyway because he was doing drugs. Like, no. No. No, no, no. no. That's and, crazy that that's your friends because I haven't even, maybe I just, like, distance myself or, like, people know not to say that sort of thing to me. But I'm like, why would they say that to you? Because people, like, I feel like if someone were to say something like that to me, I would be pretty rude. And I, I don't, yeah. so I think people are kind of, like, not going to talk about it around me. So I don't know why they would say it around you if they were, like, that would, like, be offensive. You know what I mean? I feel like because they're not aware. Because they just simply don't even think about it. They don't think about it. They're so close-minded to their views, and they think that they're right. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's also the fact that they, I feel as though they don't think of me as a black person. Because a lot of my friends I have known since fifth grade, and um, the school I go to is very small. And so everybody knows everybody. And um, they know I'm adopted, so I'm in a white family. Actually, it's not really white. We have a diverse family. We have a lot of people. Anyway. Are your parents both white? Um, Yes, but my my oldest sister married a Chinese man, and then my other sister married a half-Nigerian man. And then your brother, where's he from again? China. Okay. I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about your friends and um Oh yeah. They don't think I'm a I feel as though they don't see me as a black person. I feel like it makes them more comfortable to say things around me. It's also I'm I'm I am I don't know. I don't wanna like brag or anything want anything but i feel like i'm a very nice person you are i try to i'll testify she's a very nice person and so i feel like also they don't they don't think i won't say anything but i stand up for myself not a pushover do you think that they have stereotypes or expectations or assumptions of black people in their minds and since you don't fit them that that's why they don't see you as a i honestly think so yes because um, the black kids in my school also, a lot of them talk differently than me. And that's considered white. People have told me that I talk white. And I'm not black enough because I talk like that. And so the way I speak is just because the way I've been raised up. And I think it's also because for me... I am a black person. When I when I walk into a room, that's what people are gonna like see me as. I'm a black woman, and um, 
Oh, that's my, the microphone was away from me. I don't know if they heard. That. Oh no, they heard it. Oh okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and but for me, I I'm like working through this since to, since Black Lives Matter, and really trying to um, define what black is because a lot of people have made even black people have made comment to me that I'm not black, and um, it just has has me questioning a lot of things. And for me, I don't, I have realized that I don't see myself as a black person just because I, I identify myself as African, which is different than black. Mm -hmm. African culture is different than black culture, though that black ancestor, I can't say the word, ancestry, ancestors, yes, have, have come from Africa it's gotten all the way up to now. The black culture is completely, is completely different. Yeah. The language, the music, everything is different. And so for me, I'm from Africa. I am not a black. I'm not a black person. You're not America. a black American. Yeah. Yes. But I've also have to realize that I am black to other people. Not everybody knows that. And so I feel as though because I also don't identify myself as a black person and because I don't know a lot of black culture and um they also don't think of me as that way because I am not their definition of black right so does it frustrate you though because you're saying right now that you don't consider yourself black so like when I call you black are you like well not really no I'm I take I take my melanin as a proud thing yeah okay okay I'm a black person so you want you're annoyed obviously that people are like yeah yeah and it's it's crazy to me that even black people say that to me because it's using the same stereotypes that white people did saying um you can't do this because of your skin color and now black people, some black people are telling me, you can't talk like this because of your skin color. You have to act this way. Right. And it's like, how can you say that when you have been oppressed by this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it makes I no know. sense to me. In my opinion, even like the ignorant comments and the like sly remarks about something like that, like I, I think that's racist. And so do you feel like you've experienced racism like more explicitly than that? in the United States, or has it kind of been more, like, sly remarks, and, like, um, I feel like it's a combination of both, I've gotten the, um, the comment from my friends who are not my friends anymore, but when I was younger, that, um, I was the whitest, blackest person I've ever met, or they said, oh, you're, you're very nice for a black person, or they said, you're very pretty for a black person, and they think it's a compliment, and it's, I don't, I don't understand how they can say that, and in the moment, when they tell me, I kind of don't know what to say, like, I'm caught off guard, and sometimes I end up not saying anything, because I just don't know well, what you to shouldn't, say. Yeah, you shouldn't have to feel like you need to say thank you to that. It's... Yeah, I don't, and then there's other times when, um, it's kind of, like implicit where when I'm walking with my family I get looks my mom and dad told me this but I didn't notice it until probably like three years ago that people looked at us differently just because I'm just not aware of other people not that sounds really bad (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really I don't really care
care what other people think, and I'm not aware when what. Yeah, you're not hyper aware of what people are seeing you as, which is a good thing. Well, my mom hates attention, and so she's more aware of it. And um, even when we go to eat and everything, and once I was going in Charming Charlie's by myself, and I think I was twelve or thirteen, and my mom told me the story recently. She said, I went up to the um ladies and said. Um, this is my daughter. Can you please watch her while I go next door? She had to shop for the. Oh, your mom said that you yes. were her daughter. Can I? Okay. Yes, because they. She was worried that, um, white people in there would think I was shoplifting because I was by myself. And so it's like it's things like that that um. Make me realize that I'm different. I'm a, I'm a minority, and I have to act different. I have to, like, be aware of everything just so that I'm not at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, I guess your family is more mixed. But I was mm-hmm. going to say, do you feel like having white parents has made you, like, less susceptible or more susceptible to any racism? And I guess you said, like, you get the looks. I feel like because I'm with them, I get less... Um, Maybe, like, open remarks. Yes, less open remarks. And I get less, um, like, in public, less whatever would happen to me. I I get that less. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you get asked often that you feel like is because of your race? Like, either, it doesn't even have to be a rude thing. But just, like, is there anything that people, like, I mean, it could be. I get asked a lot about my hair, which is, like, a normal thing for black people, I feel like. Um, it's hard, exp- they asked me a lot, okay, like, when I got, when I got my, my hair done, my hair was curly, I have 4C hair, and when I came home, actually, I was bald, because at our school, they made us shave our heads. At your school in Africa? Yes, and so I came home with not a lot of hair, and so I've been growing it since then, and, um, our, my hair just takes a really long time to grow, so when I, so it's really... It shrinks down. So when I stretch it, it's right here. But when you see me in my natural hair, it's it's in my afro and it's short. And so I don't really like it. And so I, so my hair gets straightened like this and curled and then I have extensions. And so my, my friends were asking me about it. And um, I explained it to them. And even boys were asking. And then they, they said, how... One of them didn't even know how to ask it. They're like, how, how, how did you do that? And um, I, I explained the process to them, and they still don't didn't understand. And it's, it's things like that. And my hair, for us, you wash your hair, like, once, once every two weeks. You can't wash your hair every day or else the moisture will come out and your hair will break. While white people wash their hair, like, every day. Because of grease, which I still kind of don't get, but it's fine. I just get a lot of hair questions, and it's annoying because I can I I don't have to explain myself, and just because my hair is different than yours, it doesn't mean that it's. They kind of they act like it's a scientific experiment. Yeah, like I that's don't, a that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I don't know else. I don't know how to explain it to people. Do people try to touch your hair? Yes, or like, do and you... I say, please don't touch my hair. <laughs> because actually, touching our hair is really bad for it. Yeah. Because of the oils on, our ha- on the hands. Also, a lot of people, 
my hair, you have to have a lot of moisture in it. So when you touch it, you're going to have the moisture on your hands. And that's good for us. But I guess for white people, it's bad because it's greasy. Um. And so then they, 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 then they kind of act like it's dirty but for us it's good so that's right. why I like don't touch my hair yeah I've, like, I've just I've heard a lot of stories about people like yeah. random people touching and and girls being like no you can't <laughs> you can't just touch my hair and I'm like for me I'm like that seems very obvious like if yeah. someone came to touch my hair I'd be like what do you what, what are you, are you doing, doing? <laughs> but for some reason it's been normalized with like black hair I don't I don't understand but um or people ask me can you straighten your hair and I'm like, no. I mean, I can, but it's really bad for our hair. And so you don't want to straighten your hair that all that much. Well, other people do it all like every day. That's their thing. And um, they ask me all the time, why don't you just straighten your hair? And it's like, I, I don't want to. Yeah. It's bad for it. And they make comments like this. Not well, because day. it's like Western, like beauty standards. Yeah. Like you should have straight hair and light mm-hmm. skin, whatever. It's like it's like the comment with like you're pretty for a black person. It's like because you've convinced yourself or been conditioned or something to think that lighter is prettier, yeah. straighter hair is prettier. Yeah, stupid. That's Sorry, stupid. finish your thought. I feel like I just interrupted you. No, that's exactly that's good. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. So, do you feel like your hair is a big part of your identity then? Yes, our hair takes so long. To get my hair that I have right now, it took eight hours. Wow. Yes. And it's because we have to wash our hair, we have to deep condition it, stay in a um, dryer for a whole 40 minutes, and do a protein treatment, and then do the blow dryer again. And then we have to cornrow it and all all these things. And um, my friends also don't get that either. Yeah. Because they're yeah. out in, like, two hours or less. Right, right. And um, it just takes longer for us. Okay, I'm going to track back a little bit because I didn't really ask you this, but back in May, I think it was, like, the end of May when everything really started getting exposed, Um, how was that for you? How did you kind of cope? You were in quarantine with your family. Yes. So, like, what were the conversations like or how did you re- react and respond to that? Well, um, I already have known about black people being killed by the police, and I hate to say this, but it's kind of like a norm that should not be. Yeah. So if it's 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 happening, and it's just I'm so used to it that it's it's still so sad and heartbreaking. But it's also the same time like what's new, right? Like it doesn't. It's not this big. It is a big thing that happened, but it's not out of the normal. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that, it, it felt like it was just another another person added to that list. And I'm not trying to take the significance away from that life. It's just the same thing keeps happening over and over again. Yeah. And it's a pattern. And um, so when it started, it was like, what, what else is new? And then when I saw these protests, especially in COVID, people mm-hmm. going out of their house. Yeah. So it's important. And then my parents also, were, my parents were already educated, I feel like. and But they were even more. Like, they, it was their goal. And they read all these books. They stayed on the news. They did everything. And they even, they even taught me as well. I also researched a lot of things that happened, and then more things started happening and happening and happening, and um, 
so is it i'll ask you this is it frustrating that just now people are starting to realize it or are you like at least now um i felt i felt very good that more people that it was getting out like the black community already knows this because they feel um it's a personal thing because it could have happened to them just because of their skin color and so i feel like the black community already knew it but the fact that the protest inspired the media all over the world to know that this was happening i thought that was a good thing but i also thought that why is this happening now mm-hmm. like why like why and just i don't know it's still it's still appalling that the the police officer who killed george floyd is has just now Got on trial. Yes. It took a whole year. But there's people in jail right now. There's black people in jail right now who have been accused of a crime that they didn't do and are still in jail. Or, like, drug charges. Yes. It's mixed feelings. I'm glad that more people are learning and being educated about it. And it is appalling that it's now that they start doing it. But at the same time, it's, like, protests are one step. But there's more steps that need to be done. Yeah. It can't just be this. It it has to be more. You have to start saving lives. Right. Do you feel like... I'm kind of jumping back and forth right now, but um, do you feel like... Obviously, you grew up in Uganda, and you had never seen a white person before, so there wasn't, like, racism. So was it weird coming to the United States, like... Do you remember a first encounter you had with racism or did your parents kind of talk to you about it? And that's another thing is like, did your parents kind of warn you? Because I know with especially black men, parents, especially white parents have to be very, like, make sure that they're taught because they've never experienced it, but they have to make sure they're telling their sons like, hey, when you're in a car, like, this is how you need to behave, you know? And it's unfortunate, but that's just, that's just the reality. So did you have a, like, did you have a conversation like that or did you just kind of discover it on your own, like some sort of racism? Um... Being in Africa, with that, with seeing um, my, the same color of skin of people that I that I have, and um, being in America, I did. It wasn't. I didn't see that color change. Of course, I could. I. You're not colorblind. <laughs> yes, I'm not colorblind. <laughs> but it wasn't as if I had like a like a big difference if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and I was little as well so I feel like when you're little your mind is kind of closed off so even if there was like looks or race whatever I I wouldn't know yeah and you weren't expecting it too because like you just said you were coming from a place where everyone looked like you so you weren't expecting to go in a place where people look different and all of a sudden be treated like yeah you're not the same to touch that that's why I feel kind of so um I I feel very behind and when people call me I'm not black enough, I believe that just because I also don't see, I didn't see, I didn't see that behavior towards me. So I, seeing George Floyd was like a wake up call to me. Right, because you haven't been, ex- you haven't, I hadn't okay, experienced that. Okay, that makes that. sense, that like, makes I sense. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. 
I didn't have the capability of how can somebody treat somebody else based on their skin color. Because where I'm from, you don't do that. Like, that's not a thing. Like, it's different in America that for us, it's kind of intriguing. A different color, a different um, type of skin. But in America, it's more of a defining thing. Yeah, and there's also preconceived assumptions about exactly. that person. Before Whereas in Africa, you're like, oh, I've never seen, I'm so intrigued, I'm so yes. interested. But in America, it's like, I see this and I've already made assumptions about you. I already think I know who you are. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like less black because you haven't experienced the same, I guess the same aggression or oppression that George Floyd experienced? Is that why you feel like that? I think I do feel like that, and because um, I live in such a white world, and because by black people, I'm not seen as black, by some black people, I'm not seen as black, so for me, it's, I feel less black because of that, and because I have a different experience from everybody, from when I was born to now, right. that... Um, you don't have the same experience as a black American exactly. who grew up here. Who, exactly. And so I, um, I think that is different. And I, it's it's kind of like a um, a mixed person. If they're not gonna belong in, if they're white and they're not gonna belong, right. they're black. And for me, it's my personality and where I'm from. Yeah. But when a person gets to know me, and then they decide whether I'm white or black. Right. It's and your, it's your culture too. Yeah. yeah. And by and so, I do I do feel less black, but it's also for me it's because it kind of gives me I'm not less black. See, even saying that I I don't feel confident. It is hard because um, I I don't go through the same experience as as other black people. That doesn't take away that I'm black, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's kind of hard to. Do, I I feel like there's this definition that is st- a stereotype of being black, and I don't belong in that stereotype. And what is that stereotype? And I feel like that stereotype is if you're black, you have to like rap music. If you're black, you have to talk a certain way. If you're if you're black, it's the talk a certain way is. Um, I feel like people have an assumption that I'm not smart. And so because I speak the way that I do, and because um, also a lot of people, when they have found out what school I go to, then they say I'm not black because I go to private school. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I also think it's a classist thing. And, um, and I think that because of that stigma that people judge me as white Hmm. it's like I don't fit in their box so that means that I'm not yeah so your definition what does it mean to you to be a black a young black woman in America in the context of everything that's happened in the past year like more things coming to light kind of you said even like you're learning more and stuff so what does it mean after you've learned what does it mean to you I think to be a black woman is to understand the position you're in in America is to understand that you um you experience the most first of all you're a woman in America and then you're black 
in America. And so it's to experience two things that are supposed to um, limit you, mm. but to also understand that you, you have... This shouldn't really be an opportunity, but you do have an opportunity to change the world in the way that people think. And um, to also to be confident and not let white people bring you down or not even some black people who classify you as um, white, not let that bring you down because you're black because you were born black. Mm -hmm. And that's something you should be proud of. Not something that should be um, celebrated. Yeah, something that shouldn't be like a negative mm -hmm. as it as it is seen in America. Not just in the past year, but you could say your whole life or whatever, mm -hmm. but especially um, the past year, I guess. How have you felt supported or what has made you feel supported by the white people in your life? Well, my parents, of course, have made me feel supported by them have, wanting to um, know more and... Um, and doing that, taking those steps, and even wanting to, um, their friends have come to them and asked them, "What can I do? Like, what, I want to, wow. I want to be better." And just see seeing that is very encouraging to me because it's people who I've been close with, and it's people who um some some I look up to, but they just know of me, and um. They they have they don't act racist in any way possible towards me, um, and even with that, they still want to like I just think they still want to do better. Yes, right, and right. it's like they because there's so much implicit racism bias. Like I I've been discovering mm -hmm. um, that there's like I've been reading books and I'm like I didn't even realize that was something yeah. I believed, and mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have known. Um, and so it's kind of been a wake-up call, I think, for a lot of people. It's like, sure, there's no, I don't think I'm superior because I'm white, but are there, like, things within the system that I haven't recognized the flaw in because I'm white? Yeah. And have I, like, been benefited from white privilege and not admitted that or known it? Yeah, so I think that's kind of why it's great that white people... So, I mean, your parents um, sound amazing, by the way. They are. <laughs> Um, I also, in my family is where I really feel like I belong the most, just because race isn't, I am not judged because of my race. In my family, there's no, there's like no, no mindsets, no that I have to think about a way to say you're being racist or a way to say you should right. not say this because it's racist without coming off as angry so that it's a way to educate them rather than make them feel bad about the people who came before them. And Have you had to do that? Um, yes. And sometimes my friends don't let me. It's in, not that they're going to say no, but in the fact that, um, okay, Bachelor people. I don't know if you watch Yeah, Bachelor. girl. Okay, Matt James, the bachelor um, of last season, when the things came up with Rachel, mm -hmm. and they were saying, that's, that's going to be so dumb if he breaks up with her because of that. And I said, no, not really. 
And then they kept talking, and I and I was and I kept like wanting to say things, and I started, and they would keep they kept on talking. It's things like that. I really wish I could have said to them. He actually said the reason which I was saying before his interview of the mm-hmm. final rose is that having to educate somebody else on why this is a problem is a lot of pressure, yeah. and people who don't live it are not gonna get it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't affect us, we don't have to worry about it. Right. And so with my friends, because they live in this white world where they think this, it doesn't exist and that they're not racist because they have a black friend or they're not mm-hmm. racist because of this. But Im- say things implicitly that are, it's... I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> no, it's okay it's, like, it's frustrating yes. I'll finish your sentence I'm sure it's frustrating yes. I don't know what I, I, I think it's short term memory <laughs> okay well then I'll wrap it up with this how can I, I know you just said it's not black people's responsibility by any means to educate white people but if you had the chance to talk to your friends about it or if you had the chance to tell anyone who wanted to know more because your friends don't seem to be giving you the chance to say anything mm-hmm. um, for anyone who, who's listening who's white or who just wants to learn and maybe they're not white, but um, what would you, how can white people be doing better right now? Um, I think that it takes, um, my parents have been reading this book that was really heavy and it wasn't even just about oppression but for black people. It was also about Jews and other minorities and that's really hard to read because even for me learning about World War II, and learning about slavery, it is still very heartbreaking. And um, it's heavy. Even for, I mean, I was oppressed, not me personally. But if for me, I, this time, picturing that time, I would have been a slave. While white people would have been the slave owners. And I think that makes such a difference. Because when we're learning about it, my uh, my classmates all around me, they don't think it's a big deal. They're tired of listening to it. Like, mm-hmm. it ha- it's the same thing over and over again because it's not important to them. Because it didn't, it wouldn't have affected it wouldn't, them. It would not have affected them at all. And um, because it is so heartbreaking, I feel like some books are helpful that say, like, this is the things that we can do to get better rather than focusing on the... Um, the, like, the pe- people getting killed because of slavery and all of this. It's important to understand historical things of, like, why not to do this or why not to say this and what this means. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good and will help people be more careful with their words. Um, but I also think that while history is behind us, but it's also s- has been so close, it's like a lot of people say, Oh, slavery was a long time ago, but it really was not. It was not a long time ago. 40 years ago, that like, um... The Civil Rights Movement. Yes. Yeah. It's not that long ago. But at the same time, we don't have to focus only on that. We can focus on, um, things that need to be celebrated. Like, for Black Lives Matter, no, for Black History Month, um... We focus, and for our school, we focus a lot about um, slavery 
and it's like we don't like we already know that story we already know everything not that that makes that less significant but let's celebrate Mm -hmm. black lives let's celebrate what they did let's celebrate everything yeah let's not let's celebrate rap music and the let's celebrate how black actors have gotten like so far or entrepreneurs or these great people or doctors astronauts like we need to talk about these people i think having the urge to learn about those things and um just talking to somebody who's black they're not going to speak for the whole entire race of black people but having somebody's perspective who has experienced that i think is also very important well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, I felt like, I feel like this was a really good conversation. And I, as you were talking, I was like, I'm, I have to have her on again. Like, I just, <laughs> you, you are, you're meant for this. Seriously, oh, you're you. meant for having these conversations. And like, you're so good at articulating yourself and, and articulating your experience. Like, I felt like I was there with you oh, and everything you. you were explaining. So thank you so much. I know that everybody's going to like, freaking love this podcast (laughs) love this episode because it's so informative too and it's and it's your personal experience and you have such a unique experience as like you're literally from africa so Mm -hmm. um but yeah thank you for being on the podcast thank you for having me so fun i know okay yeah definitely having you again okay okay Okay, love you bye (laughs) thanks for listening to this week's episode of below the surface i'll see you guys next week bye